of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick, and today I am thrilled to welcome as my guest, Jennifer Gulbrand. Jen is the owner of We Breathe Wellness right here in Walpole, Massachusetts. She is also an author of two books, including the best-selling book, Embrace Your Essence. I am just thrilled to have you here today, Jennifer Welcome to the program. It is my pleasure to be here. So we met through a mutual acquaintance, Kathy Ripley Green, who is a, a wonderful medium. She is. In the area. Jen, your story is is just intriguing to me, and I want to give you the space to tell it. You are a corporate dropout. Yes, I do like to say I'm a corporate dropout, gone mm-hmm. goddess, just for fun. But you had your own business for years. I did. I spent 35 years leading companies in the health and wellness space. Mm-hmm. And, and the last 21 of those, I actually had my own business, which was a training company for the life sciences, you know, the all pharmaceutical, medical device, and biotech companies. So this is, a, I've come a long way, as they say. You have. And, and uh, I mean, this is just a recent change for you, really. You sold that business, what, uh, three or four years ago? Well, yes. So um, timing was interesting for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. I had actually kind of taken my first leap of faith in 2016 Mm -hmm. while I was still operating that other business. And that was when I formed the She Breathes Balanced Women's Collaborative because I had just lost a very good friend Mm -hmm. to non-smoking lung cancer, stage Mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of rattled my world in a way I had never experienced before, it made me really reevaluate who I was, what I was doing, where I was putting my energy. And that's when I launched that women's collaborative as a way to hold space for women at the time to gather and connect and really support one another personally and professionally. So I did that for three and a half years while I was still operating my my corporate business. Wow. Yeah, which was crazy. I always say I was moonlighting nights and weekends. And did you did you know back then that this was part of a transition out of the corporate world, or I, were you testing the theory? I was theory? kind of testing yeah. it, I think, without yeah. really um, realizing that. I just wanted, I feel now that it was probably part of my own healing journey yeah. to kind of be putting something good out into the world in, in my friend's honor. And then it just became so clear to me, the more I dove into the training that, you know, getting my Reiki certification trainings and my sound healing and my coaching, which I realized I had really been doing my entire career was coaching other people. Right. But when I realized how that lit me up in new ways, it became clear to me that I, the work I was doing by day was really out of alignment for me. And we all go through these transitions, right? There's so much to impact there. And I, yeah. and I know about your yeah. space that you have over in Walpole. And, and can you give folks the address in Walpole? Um, yes, we are at 55 West Street in Walpole. Yep. It's We're um, like right outside of the center of town, right on the train line, actually, the commuter rail line. To say it's stunning space is the understatement of the century. Thank you. Jennifer Knight Levine and I walked in and saw this space and it took my breath away. I'm, I, you know, and that's and, the intention, Jim. It, 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 literally. <laughs> yeah. Although we breathe, yes. you still want to keep breathing. <laughs> yes, so, we do. <laughs> um, but it, it really is stunning space. The decorating is incredible. And Jen, I really want you to come to my house. I, I do that actually. I, I, I bet you do. Well, let me tell you the funny but, story about the, sure, the space just sure. real quickly, because so when I, at the end of 2019, mm-hmm. this is where my story gets really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, okay, I am ready to release this corporate world and I want to take what I've been doing for women and expand it for a wider audience. He, she, they, them, us, and we is Mm -hmm. what I like to say. Mm -hmm. And that's when this concept for the We Breathe Wellness Center came, you know, was downloaded to me, which was like, you need more space and you want to really bring, you want it to be an inclusive center where everyone can come for growth and healing. And, you know, add a full time, add a spa with services and coaching and add a cafe and add co-working. So people feel a sense of community and belonging when they walk in there. So I sell my company at the end of 2019 and get all my employees, you know, in a great place. My business partner retires and I've got this great idea and it's January 2020 and I you know, envision the whole thing, plan the whole thing. And I literally signed my lease on March 1st. 
of 2020. Oh, boy. And I remember that time frame. It's split screen. Safe is having its first uh, open house at its brand new space right. in uh, in Norfolk at the time. And I remember that literally we all shut down a week later. It was crazy. Right. I was later. like, oh, <laughs> OK. I just walked away from yeah. everything stable and secure. My point that I wanted to make Please. when you talked about design <clears throat> is that I had a lot of time to bring my ideas to life in that space because everyone was at home with their families right. and I was there with my family painting furniture and putting up twinkly lights. And Let's talk about the concept behind because you yeah. talk about holding space and it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. Could you talk to us a little bit about the mission of We Breathe and the, and the, and the construct of it? Absolutely. Well, so as you know, the timing was, uh, I mean, I could not have even dreamed of everything coming out in the way it did when it did. So we didn't realize we were going into a two and a half to three year crisis, global pandemic health crisis. But um, prior to knowing that, I was like, wow, you know, people need a sense of community. They need a sense of connection. And, you know, the world was in turmoil and all the politics and all the things. And I, I just felt like I could do something about that. I could create a space and really promote um, opportunities for people to come together, to feel less alone, to feel like they belong, um, and to receive support um, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and and just by being surrounded by like-minded and like-hearted people. And then, you know, we get this crazy, unprecedented, something none of us even could have imagined happening, right? And it after my initial panic of, oh, my goodness, look what I've just done, and now the world is shut down, I realized I was being called to create this space so that it would be ready when we were reemerging as a world, as, as a people, as a community. Some of the pain of that period of COVID wound up, wound up being a blessing in the sense that Absolutely. you were already unknowing to you at the beginning and on March 1st, but you were responding to an emerging need yes. that was going to have even a greater sense of urgency than people had had yeah. prior to COVID. It, so it really was kind of poetry, if you It will. was. It gives me goosebumps to think right? about it because it was a really scary time Yeah, because I wasn't getting any support financially, funding. I didn't take a salary. Sure. I didn't have employees. So, you know, while everyone else was bringing in some support, I was, I had just made this huge leap, but I wouldn't change a thing. It gave me time to pause and reflect on this transition I was making, what I wanted it to be, what I wanted to put out there, who I wanted involved in that. And so it was really actually a gift in many ways. And in general, I think the pandemic was a gift for us because it, it allowed people to do that, to stop and reflect on what was most important to them. Yeah. And and a lot of people made some big life changes during that period of time. Metaphorically, and and I, I, I mean this seriously, uh, spiritually, uh, it was a death. Yes. Uh, it was a death of the way that we saw life pre-pandemic. And, of course, we lost so many people, mm. and most people were touched by this physically, by a loss. Yes. Uh, and metaphorically, very similar to the loss that propelled you into the space of your dear friend from, from non-smoking lung cancer, where right. you're shocked that they have this. Absolutely. It's that shock, right? Yeah. And that pain that gives us all an opportunity to reevaluate. Yeah. And, and you're talking about um, kind of going deep and going inside to find Absolutely. find your answers. I do want to talk about the we, we Breathe model to kind of demystify it for people. Sure. How do people enter your space? Yeah. So the center is open to everyone. Again, um, regardless of how we identify your culture background, your age, your, it's really just for anyone who is looking for a space to learn, to grow, and to evolve. Mm -hmm. So we have classes, we have workshops, we have special events, we have marketplaces, we do a lot of um, you know, community-type events there. We have everything from wellness to wealth management and everything in between because the people who offer the content there are actually members of my membership community. And so it's a membership community. You, I think you have well over 100, right, members? We do. It's a membership community, but there, those are the people who have been with me sort of from the beginning, but everyone can come. Yeah. Like it's, you just, you just come. So if and we you... saw Kathy Ripley Green there oh, giving yes. a, a medium and spiritual. You just uh, buy a ticket. Just grab a ticket. Yeah. Or there could be somebody there on finance. It may be some other modality of yeah. holistic wellness or spiritual growth. What a cool concept, Jen. It's I got goosebumps great. right now thinking Thank about you. it. Um, as you know, we work in the mental health and addiction yeah. field and, and that the, the pathology behind all of that is connection. 
It Connection is. is what's missing in those that suffer. Absolutely. Um, and suffering's universal. And so we, yeah. we, we all need connection. And it's I just think. It's fear of not belonging, right? I, I, I'm telling so... you, I didn't want to leave your space. Oh. You were really busy that day and you had another appointment and had to move, but I could have just hung out there. And, uh, and, and it's the energy of, of the space. Just, it just felt so good. And, and candidly of you as well. It was Folks, mindfully designed to be that, to give you that sort of feeling when you came in. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to remind you, we're speaking with Jennifer Goldbrand. Jennifer is, among many other things, an author, an entrepreneur, the owner of We Breathe Wellness and a holistic coach, most importantly, a connector. Connecting like-minded people in community is really what her mission is. My name is Jim Derrick. This is Chapters Radio. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Jennifer, you were speaking about the business model of WeBreathe and the fact that you have membership, you have events that are open to the public. What else do you do in that space? Well, I think the other thing I'd like to mention is that we offer one-on-one services. So we have a full-service spa uh, for, you know, different kinds of energy work, chakra clearing, uh, massage, Reiki, reflexology. We also have a whole bunch of coaches. So... I offer coaching around mindset and empowerment and embodiment, sort of um, somatics kind of coaching, as well as um, we've got nutritionists. We have people who do read astrology charts. We have people who read the Akashic records. We have mediums and psychics. So there's really a wide array of services that you can just book for yourself to come in and meet with one of those practitioners. We even have a woman who has a service dog who works with youth um, and families, and she's just amazing as well. So it's... um, it's all. It's ever changing model. We're always adding new people and new um, practitioners. To I was going to say, importantly, it's a collaboration, isn't it? Absolutely, it's designed as a collective. And for I love sure. that that sense that not only could I be there as someone receiving, but I'd also have something to give. And we all have something to give. Uh, I mentioned that Jen is an author, and her first book, Embody Your Essence, came out in May of 2023. Jen also uh, did what she calls a sequel to Embody Your Essence. And this book, She Breathes Soul Stories, is a collection of stories you gathered from women who were courageous, telling their stories of heartache Mm. and triumph survival and resilience uh, in this collection of stories. And I think that this book is really wonderfully emblematic of you and of your mission. Thank Am you. I... Absolutely. This is, um, I'm speaking of where I'm putting my energy these days. So uh, just to backtrack a little bit. So I had been writing my story for two years. I think it was really more for myself in the beginning as a part of my process of healing from trauma and painful life events. As I became um, more understanding of how trauma resides in our body, how it stays stuck there, how it can form limiting beliefs and really keep us kind of stuck for years and years of our lives until we can identify it, unravel it and move through it. Right. I always say you have to feel it to heal it. So writing that book was um, I, I it was a game changer for me because it made me realize the uh, the freedom and the liberation I was feeling by putting myself out there in that way. And it was scary. I'm not going to tell you. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I did it without, um, you know, having some fears about how I would be received. But once I had the courage and I put that book out there and I saw the response that I got from perfect strangers around um, how meaningful it was for them because it made them feel less alone, not broken. And, and it resonated. These stories that I shared resonated and it made other people be able to feel more, I guess, safe. Safe is the word, right? You need to feel safe to be able to be that vulnerable in in, in a space like that. And so it just dawned on me, well, this is a movement. I've got to get this. I got to really put some energy into this. And so I I reached out to my own community and I said, hey, guys, so who would like to join me on this truth telling adventure? And we did a, we had a lot of conversations because it's fear. It's 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 frightening for people to be that exposed. And yeah. yet the process was this beautiful unfolding of these women who came together. I worked with one of the authors that actually helped me to edit the book. We had another friend who, another author who designed the book with me. And it was just this beautiful collaborative experience. And, um, and then we had a 
we had a our first book launch was in like let's see that was in um, October, and we had half of them stood up and read excerpts from their story. Right. That is a very different experience. Writing your story is one thing; speaking it and sharing it out loud is another. It was absolutely incredible day and they they stood up and they told their truths in front of a hundred people and they can't wait to do it again you're really pointing to something that i think you say new and emerging i really think this is emerging uh, the the permission to bring our authentic self to mm-hmm. everything we do Absolutely. including our workspace yes. i just had uh, kip hollister here from hollister staffing the hollister group yeah. and kip is you know been a tremendously successful business leader that is her mission it's to help and to coach up other corporate leaders to allow employees to give that permission structure and to allow themselves to bring them their whole authentic selves into the workplace. Absolutely. And, and, so important. And it's so, and you can point to metrics where it works because when you're wearing a mask right. and being inauthentic, you're not as productive, period. You just can't be. You right. can't be because you're always trying to cover. You're hiding to stay what we think is safe. Yeah, exactly. So I'll just use myself an example. I carry a lot of grief. Yeah. Excuse me. My son passed 14 months ago. And, and, you know, can I show up as my authentic self? And is it okay for me to have a bad day in my workplace? Now, happily, I'm at Safe Coalition. I am safe there. Yes. But, But really, I think you're tapping into the root, in my opinion, of an emerging space that is allowing people not just our age but hopefully and I know in your next iteration what we're about to talk about the the 20 somethings yes. allowing them to emerge from that place of needing the, the the perception that they need to hide themselves to allow them to celebrate themselves and I think you tapped right into what I love about that and that is when you find out that you're not alone you know yeah. our stories may be different in the people, places, and things. Sure. But the root the root of our story, which is fear, yes. trauma, terror, uh, you know, anger, yes. whatever those those root emotions, we can all identify Absolutely. together with those, can't we? We can. And I think unfortunately we're we're so socialized to suppress those feelings yes. and to to not feel them. And that's why we have dis-ease in our bodies, because we carry unresolved pain, unresolved trauma with us. And um, that's no good for anybody. No. And so being, you know, we really want to teach people, like you said, younger than ourselves, yeah. to to feel the things that they've experienced and to, to know that it's okay, that it's safe. It doesn't make, it mean, doesn't mean they're broken. They're just living a expu- uh, human experience. Right. And so giving them the permission and most importantly, the language to express themselves in a way that makes them feel more aligned with their, like their true self, their core, their essence, I like to say. Because again, like, you know, we parent our children and we pass down our own unresolved trauma to those children and they pass it down to their children, right? This is sort of a thing that we do as human beings. And we don't even mean to do these things, right? right. We, we don't mean to. We think we're being these loving, wonderful parents. and um, But if we're carrying our own trauma... It's going to be passed down. Absolutely. So yeah. we want to break those patterns. I, I write about that in my first book. We want to break those patterns of suffering and allow our children to express themselves in a way that feels most authentic to them. And that's hard to right. do. And when people hear the word trauma, it's really important to, oh, yes. to let people know that trauma is, whatever trauma is to you, Absolutely. is the definition of right. trauma. Am I right? Absolutely. It could be that you sat at a, a lunch table in high school all alone. Right. Uh, it it's could ex- be that you were in a horrific car accident. It, it's it's right. relative. Right. It's an experience that you've had that's sort of um, puts you in a fight or flight kind of mode where you felt like you couldn't function um, and it and you carry it with you and you carry that experience with you. I mean, grief is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, Kathy Ripley Green and I actually uh, collaborate on grief retreats. We spend a whole day with no more than six people. And the concept there is you you don't get over grief. You don't get over loss. It's not a disorder either. It's not a disorder. <laughs> right. right. You it's you're moving the energy of it. You're moving it so that you can process it, feel it and and come to terms with how you're going to hold that mm-hmm. and and hopefully um, heal from that. You talked about fear 
mm-hmm. in initially writing your own story and then sharing that story. Oh, okay? yes. And I'm, uh, you know, we're all human. We all have that fear, no matter yes. how much we celebrate authenticity. How did you manage that fear? How, what was the thing that put you over the top that said, no, I'm, I'm going to turn myself inside out. I'm really going to show up authentically here. Wow. Was it just a leap of That's faith? That's a big question. Yeah. It's interesting. So now, now we're going to go really deep. So one of my limiting beliefs, I'm going to just tell you a story, if that's okay. Please. So I was um, the product of uh, an affair. Mm -hmm. I had a a birth mother and a birth father. He was married with six children, and they, they worked together. This is back in Madison, Wisconsin in the 60s. And they had literally a seven year affair, and, and a lot of people were hurt his family, his wife, his children. So I was sort of the product of this affair. And so when I was born, my birth mother literally was, she had uh, what she calls a, you know, breakdown and had me removed from the hospital room. So my first breaths that I took as a baby, I was alone. Now you'd think, oh, that's just a baby. They get moved into the hospital room, blah, 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 blah. But these experiences that we have as humans imprint us. And so that baby who started her life alone spent her life with a limiting belief that she was not lovable, that she could not be loved, right? She was unworthy, whatever words you want to put to it. Now, I was, I had, was adopted by a beautiful family. I have a, you know, so many, so many blessings in my life. But this is how simple something that happens to a human being, they carry it with them their whole life. And so I, I, what I discovered now in my 60, you know, 60th year around the sun, and actually in my late 50s as I was processing this, is that I sort of shape-shifted. And I became this person that was going to prove to myself and the world that I was worthy. So I stepped out of probably my true essence and I became a very, um, some would say aggressive, (laughs) a very sort of determined young woman and eventual adult who just didn't stop. Like I was going to just make things happen and help everybody and fix the world because that would give my subconscious so you're and wor- understanding that I was worthy. So Does that worth, make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Your right. worth at that point in your life is more derived from the outside looking ah, back in as exactly. opposed to the inside out. Right. I, I can identify with this. Right? So this is how we're socialized. Okay. Well, I've been to prove myself and I'm going to get that corporate job and I'm going to become a president and I'm going to have my own company and yeah. I'm going to make lots of money and write all the things that we think define us. But they really don't. And so going through that process of healing of my, in my 50s made me realize that maybe I wasn't being so authentic. You know, maybe the things I was doing were, you know, valuable, but maybe I wasn't doing them for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And so it gave me an opportunity to really step back and reflect on different things that happened in my life, mm-hmm. different choices I made, um, you know, how they shaped me, how those experiences shaped me, how I showed up as a human in my twenties, mm-hmm. my thirties, my forties, my fifties. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just became extra clear to me that if this happened to me, it, it's happened to everyone. We've all had those kinds of experiences in our life. So I think honestly, um, I'm, I'm, if you asked other people in my community to define me, they, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this on the airs. Can I say this in the air? They would say, you have a lot of balls, Jen. <laughs> you could say that so, in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I, I've just always been that kind of person who yeah. just like doesn't give up. And and I'm just very driven to make the world a better place. I don't know how else to put but it. But you had the courage to peel the onion. Just got back from a grief seminar run yeah. by Dr. Alan Wolfelt uh, from the Center of Loss and Life Transition. His premise is you have to go back in order do, to go forward. do. Here's his quote. You must listen to the music of the past so you can sing in the present and dance into the future. Yeah. And I love that quote um, because it it, it calls us to look back and and the importance of that and the courage that it takes to do that. I can see it in your eyes. You're on fire now because you're living in your authentic self. And as somebody who can identify directly with a sense of being unworthy Yes. From a very young age with from very good parents who had their re, their own reasons exactly. for feeling that way. Um, but 
you know, becoming a people pleaser and the exhaustion of wearing that mask and waiting for outside approval to feel good about myself was and still is because I'm not there there yet. It's a journey. But I'll tell you what, I love the exploration and I love the people like you that have the courage to push through that. And that was my original question. And and I think you had answered it beautifully. It's, it's a deep yearning is what I'm getting from you. I'm paraphrasing yearning to know yourself, know why, the why, why am I like this? What am I doing? Why is it that I do what I do? And then how can I use it to help other people? Because when that's the inspiring part, that's the point I want to make. So when we show up like that, when we're vulnerable and we're willing to expose ourselves in all of our, you know, all of our dimensions, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in the book that I un, that I shared that I hadn't even told my own family. Mm-hmm. And um, but when we do that, we don't only heal ourselves, but we start to heal one another because we form those conscious connections at a deeper level. Yeah. And that's what builds community. That's mm-hmm. what builds connection. Is an understanding of of the fact that you know we we have so many more shared experiences than we do differences we, as, as people. Yeah. Just a reminder, we are speaking with Jennifer Gulbrand. Jennifer is, among many other things, an author. Embody Your Essence, which has been out since May of 2023. Really highly encourage you to pick up that book to get to know Jennifer. And of course, her sequel to that book, which is She Breathes Soul Stories from Triumph to Transformation, which is just a beautiful collection of 22 stories from real women located right here in our community who tell their stories of triumph and resilience over very difficult circumstances. And of course, this is all in the context of the We Breeze Wellness Center right here in Walpole. This is Chapters Radio and I am Jim Derrick. So Jen, I could I could talk forever about the subject of connection and vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, and willingness and to share stories. Um, I have my own story about that. I remember standing outside of a, um, uh, it was, I remember being invited by our state rep, Jeff Roy, up to a a walk in Milford, an opioid awareness walk back in 2015. And I really had been hiding the fact that my son had a problem, um, a problem. He was, was suffering from, from addiction at the time. I was really trying to hide the impact it was having on me. And Jeff looked at me and said, would you be willing to speak today? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the microphone, looking at the fact there's media there, looking at three or 400 people that I didn't know. And it literally was like holding my breath and jumping into cold water. I yeah. just, I just did it. It's an and, act of courage. But, but here's the great thing, and this was, this was the inspiring part. Whatever I said, I think was immaterial. Who yeah. cares? But what I got back yes. when I came off of that stage was hugs, support, me too. I had no idea you had this. Let's get together for a cup of coffee and connect. We have similar anxiety and fear. Jen, it's so life affirming and liberating. I felt like yes. it felt like I was being born again. I, I know that sounds No, I get it. Good, but I felt like it was coming out of a shell yeah. and and finally seeing light. Um and had permission to be able to be authentic about what was hurting me. Yes. at the time. And 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 got help from people and was able to help people and isn't that what it's all foundational? about? Foundational. <laughs> yes. Isn't that a foundational human need? It certainly is. Connection? Yes, it certainly is and I think we've lost sight of that. Um, and we need to get back there. We need to be able to really listen and learn and witness one another in a, in that way without judgment. You know, um, we tend to just look at the cover of somebody's book and we think we know them Yes. and gosh, let's get each other to turn the pages and read the story and, and listen and learn and understand who that person is at their very core. Right. And, um, and help them to feel seen and heard and valued because isn't that what we all need? Sure is from where I'm from. Yeah. And, and you've had the unique ability to straddle both the corporate world, spending 35 years building your business. So you've, you've been there, you've done that. And I'm just curious, do you see this as an escalating problem? This being a lack of connection, both in the workforce and personally? Oh, I totally do. I totally do. And do you think technology is part of it? I do. I always I always hold the phone up and say, this is not community, people. I mean, there's definitely some ben- uh, benefits and advantages to having all of these beautiful um, c- ways to connect mm-hmm. in, you know, with the use of technology. But I also think we lose sight of um, 
that in-person connection, that energy that we feel when we're in a room with somebody, mm. you can't recreate that over a phone. Let's talk about that for a minute. You're sure. a Reiki uh, healer. You're I'm a, a healer Reiki of master. Many modalities. Yep. Reiki right. master teacher. I do sound healing. I really, when I see a client um, for any kind of holistic healing, I kind of integrate mm-hmm. whatever it is I feel they need, mm-hmm. which is, again, you know, getting in the energy of somebody's um, physical and emotional body. So I may use essential oils. I may use um, singing bowls. I, I use the hands-on healing. Um, I use tuning forks. So whatever it is I feel they need in that moment to release whatever that stuck energy is that they're carrying. You know, I was talking with an acupuncturist recently. Oh, yeah. And, and she, she had a funny, uh, we had a funny conversation around the fact that she had a client who had back pain. And was coming in to see her. And one day he came in and said, you know, I, th- I think I'm done with these treatments after today. She said, oh, is something wrong? He said, yeah, my back's all, all better. And he says, you know, I can't figure out what I did. And she said, well, could it be the acupuncture? And he laughed and said, no, I, I, don't, I really don't think so. I've been going to the gym. I've been stretching. My point, <laughs> we have been trained. Yes. You talk about self-limiting beliefs. Exactly. We have been trained that medicine looks like a white coat and a stethoscope and a pill and a pill and a bottle and that what could reiki possibly do right what could right, right. do you hear this all this, the time this and it's all beyond it's beyond just being skeptical because a skeptical person has allowed room for the possibility that something works it's actually a block it's yes. a blindness i'll speak for myself yeah. and i came out of that blindness when i had an experience with reiki that blew my mind and gave me healing that i, I will forever be grateful for yeah. um but can you tell us a little bit about that energy transfer sure. what is going on with reiki and, and yeah. other modalities so energy i this is how i explain it to people so we are all made up of energy every person rock tree chair right we learn this in science class. We're, we're energy in just different forms. Sure. And so as an energy body, as a human being, when we experience painful life events or trauma um, in the world as part of our way of being, we tend to form energetic blocks in our physical and energy body. So I always say, think of a river, the water's running down the stream and it hits a clump of rocks and it has to sort of divert itself, right? Reroute itself. It happens that way in our energy bodies. So when I have somebody on my table, I am scanning their body and picking up where those chunks of rocks might be, like where those blocks of stuck energy, things that are unresolved for that person, where they live in their system, their energetic energetic body or their physical system. And then I work to sort of be a channel to unblock that energy, to un, you know, to move the rocks out of the way so that their their water or their chi, their energy can flow more freely down the stream, mm-hmm. up and down and through their energy body. That's just a way I explain it to somebody who doesn't necessarily understand. Beautiful energy. description. Thank you. And and you find yourself so immersed in this in in the energetic transfer. It's exhausting for a practitioner, right? The it, process? It can be. And I've as an empath, which see I never realized as a young person why I felt everything so big. Um, but as an empath, I've had to really learn to how to protect my own energy field, mm-hmm. especially when I'm going to work with somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So, um, because it's really important. You can pick up, I mean, just walking down the street, you and I will pick up other people's you know, negative energy. I call it energetic debris just by being in the world. So learning how to shield yourself and protect your own energy is really important. I'm sure you're aware the Hindu culture, uh, I think it's the Hindu culture where uh, particularly elderly um Indian men will not shake hands with another person until they know their energy. Yes. Because it's that powerful. It's so powerful. Have you heard that? I have heard yeah. that. It's, yes. uh, you'll see them fold their hands yes. uh, until they get to know someone and decide yeah. whether or not a transfer of energy would be beneficial for them yeah. or would be safe. Right. Um, and, and so... You know, we have all of these cultures that have been practicing. I mean, Reiki, how old is Reiki? Oh, my gosh. It goes back millions and millions of years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have these these yeah. these practices. And for years, I thought to myself, no one's ever going to stick a needle in me. What would that do anyway? This Reiki thing's, you know, baloney and all this stuff. And, of course. It's woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is something called contempt prior to investigation, which yes. is something I was pretty good at, condemning things that I was afraid of, you sure. know. Sure. Um, we don't understand something. And, boy, did that. How'd that work? out for me. I'll tell you, I like my life now yes. where, where I'm, I've moved to a posture of open palms towards the sky saying, what's possible? Not 
everything's impossible. Exactly. You know? And I see the light in your eyes, Jennifer. You have, talking about energy, you have such a warm aura of energy. Mm, thank you. Your, your dear friend, what, what is her name? Her name is Joanne. Joanne. Yes. And so Joanne was a catalyst to kind of propel you into this space. And what a gift. It was a beautiful friendship, and it was we were like sisters. We raised our daughters together. They were like cousins, um, and it was it's interesting because she wasn't so open to some of these things. It was so yeah. she's laughing right now in my head, just so you know. <laughs> Good, um, but she, I believe, going through that trauma with her, yeah. you know, getting that di- diagnosis, working with her, working with her family, it just really it it was. <laughs> Honestly, I think what I needed to experience, sadly as it was, to realize who I was here, what who I was and what I was here to do, which was to take my own experiences and help heal other people, to help heal the human heart, to raise that collective consciousness among people. And she um, was able to see that when I first started the studio, she was there with me and um, I actually named the studio We She Breathes Balance. And wellness because I saw it become so difficult for her to breathe. And I thought we all have this tool that we take for granted, this, our breath, you know, within us. Talk about chi and energy. Like you can completely settle your nervous system by just breathing for three minutes, right? And so that's really, I named the center um, because of that experience of watching her lose that tool. And I wanted to just put a reminder out there how we all have this beautiful tool that we don't use and we need to learn how. I can't even tell you how many people come to me. I have to teach them how to breathe oh, again. Oh, I, you're looking at a guy that was right? breathing from Chest his, breathing? oh, t- you know, right. maybe, maybe right. if I got out of my throat, I mean, right. and, and had no idea. Right. And it was frozen. Absolutely. So I know Joanne um, was with me in that space and she's still with me and she, you know, she's very proud of the work that we're doing. You, you really felt a palpable change in yourself. This isn't like a, a business that you just envisioned and, and, and didn't embody yourself. You embodied it yourself and then brought that and invited people into the space that you found was working for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. How inspiring. Thank you. Really? You know, we're constantly being invited. I think it was Henry David Thoreau who said, we're constantly being invited to be who we are. But how many of us really give ourselves the permission to show up authentically yeah, like that yeah. in our interactions with? And I, I think that's what the, that's the root of all of this. Jennifer, somebody listening to this and is saying, you know, they're on the edge of their seat saying, man, I'm yearning to meet this person and figure it out. Best way for them to, to, to see you and to see your studio would be simply to call you, right? Yes. The We Breathe Wellness Center. It's webreathewellness.com. I also have my own web, website and brand, jengulbrand.com. So that's pretty easy to remember. And that's G-U-L-B-R-A-N-D. Right. Jen yep. with two N's. Yeah. And um, not I, Jenny. Not Jenny. I, found out, I almost oh, found no. out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Only my that's reserved for my father. Understood. Um, so I also have an Instagram. I am Jen Gullbrand. I'm on Facebook under Embody Your Essence. So, <laughs> and uh, and your email. J E N N at WeBreatheWellness.com. Right. And again, this is right in Walpole Center. The address again of the studio. Fifty five West Street. Fifty five West Street. Go on the website. Take a look. You want, and if whatever you do, go over and visit Jennifer because this space is stunning. You've got to see it. Really spectacular, bright, uh, puts you in a good mood. Thank you. Puts you in a good mood. We're going to transition the story now. As we we mentioned Jennifer's two books, Uh, we mentioned the fact that she's a private coach as well as has Reiki and many other holistic practices. She collaborates with her membership over at We Breathe uh, Wellness to provide, uh, you know, a whole host of offerings, including programming. So you do want to sign up for any newsletters, take a look at their social media, make sure you stay aware of that. But there's another chapter of this story that's going to be written, which is your nonprofit division. And I really want yes. to give you the space to talk about that. Thank you. So the We Breathe Wellbeing Soul Sanctuary is the name. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. So let's just refer to it as a soul sanctuary. I love it. So I think I started by telling you that I, I turned 60 last March and I called it, I decided it was my year of genesis. So I was going to do all these things. I was going to write these books and I was going to, um, you know, do all the things. But one of the things that I've been really thinking about coming out of the pandemic uh, is this 
need to get well-being programs and resources into the hands of everyone who needs them because not everyone has knowledge of our center or access to centers like ours or can't, you know, can't get a therapist. Like there's a lot of, there's a real lack of resources, as you know, with the work that you do. And I'm particularly seeing a lot of young, I call them emerging adults. So people from like 17 to 28, they're really struggling. Um, I've watched, you know, my own daughter and my, my friend's kids, like in that age group of, you know, things are not the same coming out of that pandemic. They, the world looks different. That was very unprecedented experiences for all of us. We didn't have a roadmap for what, what occurred throughout that That's for sure. pandemic. And yeah. I feel like... And in fact, I think that not only did they experience things we never had before, but they are have a very different perspective and worldview. Some of them are feeling very hopeless. We're seeing rise in anxiety and depression and suicide ideation. We're seeing um, them self-medicating to numb themselves because they don't have the language and they don't have the the tools exactly right. to 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 help themselves. And they've been brought up uh, in, uh, they don't know worlds without cell phones. They don't know worlds without social media. Right. And as we now know, this is a very disconnective. I was just going to say, I think they've lost that sense of community. Absolutely. Right. They're so isolated. And so I was like, okay, we're going to take what we know how to do here at the center and we're going to start a nonprofit and we're going to raise money and, over time, hopefully curate our own property somewhere, you know, surrounded in natural. Now, I want to do natural surroundings where we can bring people together for immersive experiences for three, four, five days at a time to really, you know, dive into deep um, connection, community and healing. So I have this whole vision for what the property will look like and what we will do there. But in the meantime, I'm fortunate that I have the We Breathe Wellness Center. So we're starting the programming now as we continue to fundraise. I mean, I I don't think there's anyone out there who has not been touched by the mental health crisis in either directly or indirectly. There's there's no question that yeah. this is a problem. And so I am partnering with different nonprofits. That's how you and I mm-hmm. actually met that have aligned missions and really starting to put programming out there at the current center under the name of the nonprofit. We're also starting to meet with young young adults in different peer groups and we're we're asking them to serve in sort of an advisory capacity to us because we don't want to tell them what they need. We want them to tell us what it is that they need so that we can create that for them. Jen, this is so exciting. And our missions, Safe Coalition mm. and Soul Sanctuary to be, are entirely aligned. They are. The open concept mission part of this, which you know is foundational for safe. We never charge for our services. We will never uh, ask for a donation for our services and we do not accept insurance. So we are 100% grant and and local donation found uh, funded and your desire to provide equal access to people. Man, Jen, I I just don't have the words and I'm telling you, I am now (laughs) trusting my gut. There's a reason why we met. Absolutely. From my perspective and from my witness of the work that we've been doing with adolescents and um, 18, 19, 20-year-olds over the past six years now, a retreat center like this would be would be such a gift mm-hmm. to these children. What we're seeing is not only a lack of connection, but we're also seeing a lack of connection upstream from their parents. Yes. And so well-intentioned people like myself... Uh, we lose our way and and we and we unintentionally alienate some of these kids and, and they just don't feel like they have support. And some of the homes, they don't have support. We see a lot of broken kids right. and uh, and they're not bad kids. They're kids that haven't been provided a foundation. Uh, and so a retreat and I love the concept of a retreat for myself. That's where real change happens. It does. And why, why do you think that is? What is the immersive part of the retreat that, that works so well? Pulling people out of their everyday environments where, um, you know, there's expectations of them and, and disappointments and all the things that, that hold us back as humans. I think bringing people together in, in a safe, supportive space where they feel seen and heard. Again, we keep saying that. Um, for who they are and respected for who they are. It just allows people that space to show up more authentically, to be 
more honest about what it is they're experiencing yeah. and, and and what they feel they need mm-hmm. most. And, you know, these young people that we work with, they are so ready for change, many of them. They just need permission structure. Yeah. And... And I'll say, and I'll say, you know, permission to be authentic, permission and and uh, others to engage in that with them, right. so that so that the fear dissipates. They need a model, mentoring, coaching. These are the compassionate leaders of tomorrow. Like Please. we have a responsibility to invest in them, in these young people, so that they can lead us forward. Because we're only, you know, we have expiration dates, so we need to make sure that we're giving this population what they need, so they can create a new way of being. Because we're centered both, around connection. We're contemporaries. We're 60s, yeah. okay? And so we both went through major changes in our late 50s. Right. Right? And, and, and entering into this sort of authentic space. Yes. And and changing the narrative from outside-in thinking to inside-out, right? right? Wellness and, and senses of self-worth. I, I could mirror you on that and meet you on that one, yes. right? Which is beautiful. And I think many, many people can understand that. But why does it have to be people in their late 50s or 60s exactly. experiencing authenticity? Why can't we roll the clock back? And we that's the to. gift you're giving that's people. That's what we need to do. We need to teach them in their 20s, in their 17, 18, 19, when they're struggling to figure out who they are, to make sure they know that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out who I am, right? So this is an on, yeah. like, I think people, we put these expectations unknowingly on our children. Agreed. And it feels like pressure. And... Um, It's very interesting. Here's a story I'll share. Um, So, you know, I I had this awareness of my own parenting. So when I became a parent, I was like determined that I was going to make sure that my daughter felt seen and heard and valued and respected. And so I, you know, constantly lifted her up and look what you can do and look what you can be, right? Thinking that that was what I didn't have. Like, and my parents were wonderful, but different times. And so we had this conversation recently where that felt like pressure to my daughter, right? So that awareness of being able to have that conversation from a parent to a child to be like, whoa, like, look what I did. I passed this on to you without meaning to, and it was never intended as pressure. I wanted you to feel what I didn't. And I think we do this, like we cycle, you know, trying to change our parenting to fix our own wound. Uh, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before. Trying to parenting to parent to par- fix our wounds, right? Right, and, well, unknowingly. I right? mean, it's of a reflex. It's, it's a reflex, right? It's all subconscious. So, one of the things I wanted to share that we're doing at the center that's um, really important to me is something I'm call, calling whole body well-being retreats. So this is at the We Breathe Wellness Center. Yep. So this is me bringing in teams. So um, I've had, you know, a group from Lululemon. I've had a group of um, insurance, you know, insurance companies, some financial planners. I've had some people who work at a veterinary clinic. I've had several groups of therapists. So what we're seeing in the corporate world, right, is that everyone is suffering. And some of our HR departments have no idea what to do for their people. And so I'm trying to offer mini retreats right at the Walpole Center where teams can come for a half day or a full day of this kind of support where they come together in community as a team or as a, you know, a practice of practitioners. And we surround them in supportive experiences. Maybe I will do a sound bath and a meditation, or we'll do some kind of a team building exercise with them, or we'll talk about stress and how does it impact you and how is it showing up for you and what are the different things that you can use? I literally went as far as putting on a toolbox, a tool belt, you know, the old fashioned tool belt, and I filled it with the kinds of things somebody might have in their office to manage stress. And then I had them. <laughs> then I said, no, this is what we could put in your toolbox that would be a little more, a little better for you than the candy bar, the Alka-Seltzer and sure. the, right. And, and the, so and the bourbon for after right, work. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> so like, I think that there is an opportunity for us to really work with people as business owners and in, as employers to help people feel seen and heard and valued at work, like you were saying earlier, and to bring them together outside of the work setting or to bring us in to the work setting, to give them an opportunity to learn how to breathe, how to, what is mindfulness, um, how does it help me to manage stress, what is, how, what is stress, what is fight or flight, what is my body doing when that happens, how can I 
um, get my own, put my own toolbox together of things I can do to bring myself back to a sense of calm. If I can show up to work as my authentic self, right? And you and I are colleagues, and Jennifer, you know something of me, right? And, as a person, your empathy goes up for me. We we give each other more space and grace when we need it. Yeah. We have an understanding of of who we're working with. Our, I I would argue from as a business owner, you're looking at more productive and centered employees Absolutely. and grounded employees. They're and, not, and they don't get sick and they're not out of work because you're investing in them. And as, in importantly, as importantly, you've got a culture that says, we give a damn about you. We're kind of socialized to endure all the time. Mm-hmm. But if we do that, we're going to burn out. And that's how people get depleted. And so nobody wants that, no. right, in a business or a corporation or a team or a nonprofit. Yeah. So let's teach them how to restore. Let's give them that space to restore their own well-being mm-hmm. so that they can continue to be in these roles of nurturing other people. Jennifer Goldbrand, We Breathe Wellness out of Walpole. WeBreatheWellness.com. You can reach Jennifer at? J-E-N-N at WeBreatheWellness.com. And remember, Jennifer is an author. She has two wonderful books out. She Breathes, Soul Stories is her latest book, which is a collection of 22 stories from women sharing their stories of triumph over tragedy and resilience. It's just a wonderful read. And then Jennifer's first book, which is Embody Your Essence, which has a beautiful picture of Jennifer on the front of it and uh, Break Patterns of Suffering and Reclaim Your Joy. You've shared your story and your journey on this planet. Align that with your knowledge of healing and how to heal as a Reiki master uh, and your coaching skills, and then given people space to collaborate on their own journeys of healing and authenticity. And that's what it is. Exactly. It's a journey. We're never done. We're right. never completely fixed and, <laughs> and, and healed, right? It's right. an ongoing process. Some days are better than others, and we just have to give ourselves some space and and some kindness. And, you know, self-compassion is a big part of all right. of this. Right. we got to love ourselves. Yeah. Love is an inside job, as it someone is. said. It starts there, doesn't it? Jennifer, um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for holding the space for me and for your audience and for this very important subject matter. I appreciate you very much. For my guest, Jennifer Gulbrand, I am Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters, and we will see you next week. Next week.